0: Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson.
1: Good morning, man. I'm right outside the 7-Eleven. Just went in there, picked up a few things, a few of my favorite things, and um, I didn't have correct um, amount of money to give them, so I gave them a bill that was bigger than what it cost. I gave him a little extra, and you know what I got back? I got back change. That's what happens when you give extra on the field, in the classroom, or whatever you're trying to do. You give extra, that's when you get change and transformation. Transform your body, transform your mind, and transform your game. God bless and boomer sooner.
0: Words of wisdom from Todd Bates. And no Travis Davidson. That wasn't from a couple of hours ago, but judging by how hard the wind was blowing, it could pass as what happened a couple of hours ago. I, I think we might still be on generator power here at the ref. I'm really not sure. But at least for about an hour or so, we were on generator power after the massive storm ripped through Norman. And uh, yeah, that was from Todd Bates a couple of months ago. But with how hard the wind was blowing in that, it, it could have passed for earlier this afternoon. It could have.
1: Yeah, well, you know, the wind does come sweeping down the plains, as we know, and we know very well. Is it, I don't know, it, it feels a bit maybe uh, superficial of me, maybe shallow of me at times, but when we have big official visit weekends like the Champion Barbecue or the 14 visitors we had the week before, those are always the times where I'm like, oh, God, please, weather be perfect. Like the rest of the time, like, It's like, oh, yeah, storms, this, the the other. It's like I I forget people actually live here. And I'm like, oh, God, don't bring these kids in from all over the country, and then their mamas get get all worried because they got to take shelter from a tornado. There's no way they're coming to school here if that's the case.
0: I, uh, I brought that up to Parker last hour. I said, I wonder how many times, if ever, that someone from out of state has taken an official visit, and there's been like a tornado warning, and they're like, hell no, I, there's no way. I, th- this is what happens here? Are you are you serious? There, there's no way that I'm uh, committing or signing here. And then someone reminded me on the text line, well, there's dangers all over the country. Yeah, there's tornadoes in Oklahoma, but there's hurricanes in Miami, and there's Antifa in Oregon, which made me laugh out loud on that. So there are, there are dangers everywhere, no matter where you take a visit. But yeah, you know, unfortunately, Tulsa's still in rough shape, but maybe Tulsa took the brunt of that just so, uh, just so Norman wouldn't during the official visit weekend. You know, per
1: usual, per usual, the 918, uh, you know, doing the heavy lifting for uh, OU football's (laughs) program. So uh, don't worry. We'll take care of all you 405ers out here in the 918. But I'll tell you what, um, speaking of weather, it seems like, uh, you know, the weather or eventual weather surrounding the baseball team could have helped in the baseball pitch for one Taylor Tatum. Uh, You know, the family, uh, you know, from Texas that likes warm weather, uh, doesn't seem like they were too excited to go uh, play a Big Ten baseball schedule.
0: Well, I, I don't know if you heard. Um, I don't know if you follow uh, USC insider Scott Schrader, but, uh, but Travis, this isn't even about OU foot. This isn't a USC football versus OU baseball battle. That's what he's uh, leading everyone to believe. Well,
1: I mean, first of all, it, it, you know, do you even consider yourself a serious fan of uh, not only recruiting, but college athletics as a whole, if you don't follow essentially the the pope of, you know, this religion in Scott Schrader. I mean, he's the most well-sourced. Uh, you know, he, he's got sources better about OU than anybody at OU, apparently. Um, he, you know, Lincoln and him are tied at the hip. I'm sure him and Clark are very close. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, of course, of course I read what he said. He, you know... He also said that, you know, Lincoln Riley was the one behind all of the, you know, dual sports stuff to which all of our baseball people basically said, "Uh, yeah, that's not even close to the fact. So,
0: yeah. Zane says, a lot of men and boys love seeing crazy weather. That would help if I were being recruited. Yeah, too bad Reed Timmer wasn't a five-star linebacker, you know. He would uh, have committed on the spot to OU back in the day. Too bad I wonder that's uh, case.
1: we should have Reed Timmer at the next Champion Barbecue.
0: <laughs> yeah, breaking down all the storms and what's going on. <laughs> bring the dom- yeah, Texas brought out all the nice cars. Just bring out the Dominator in the end zone. I think he has yeah. more than one Dominator. Just have like both of them out there. That'd be sweet. Exactly,
1: man. Work smarter, not harder.
0: Uh, all right, 405-651-3439. Let's get it going on the uh, on the meyer Chevrolet text line. So, uh, at least once a day, Travis, we like to bring up how – bad, the schedule looks for OU in 2023, Mm -hmm. and I pulled out the old Lindy's preseason magazine today, and I said, okay, um, I'm curious to see where all 12 opponents are ranked in Lindy's preseason rankings, and tell me if this surprises you or not. I have a number next to every team, but according to Lindy's, and however much you value that whatever, OU will play two teams ranked in the top 40 this year. Two teams ranked in the top 40 this year, Ooh. according to Lindy's rankings. Wow. Wow. I think, the,
1: I think the only easier schedule by some metric in the Big 12 is Oklahoma State's, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, yeah, Big 12 did us a favor on the way out. Not a favor to our season ticket holders, because they are going to be dealt up some some trash for home games as far as ticket value goes. But baby, oh baby, just hold on tight. Because 2024 brings us our best home schedule in probably OU football history.
0: Yeah, and uh, as we pointed out yesterday on the show, it uh, could look even better than what it does now if you get a home playoff game, you know? Add hey, uh, I- add the potential of Florida State. Well, I don't think Florida State's going to be in the playoff that year. Uh, add the potential of, oh, I don't know, like a Washington or something on that list. That- that'd be fun, huh? Dude, I mean, think
1: just think. Specifically about the greatest potential home crowd of all time, which would be OU hosting a playoff game, welcoming Lincoln Riley and the USC Trojans back into town. I mean, it would be – I mean, I I personally think that Lincoln will be coaching the uh, Las Vegas Raiders at that point, but – I mean, could you imagine? It would be the greatest crowd that I think OU has seen at least a top be the toughest, three crowd. Yeah,
0: I mean, the Alabama ticket is going to be the toughest ticket around here since the Ohio State game. And, and honestly, like the the Alabama ticket may end up being a the toughest ticket since the Nebraska game in two thousand, just because of your first year in the SEC. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is Alabama, the relevance of all that. Like, it could be the toughest ticket since then. But yeah, if you were to play like a USC in a home playoff game. It might be the toughest ticket ever around here.
1: It'd be the loudest booze of all time oh. as uh, Lincoln Riley walked back out the on The loudest
0: moment of the game would be the booze uh, before the game started. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so here's how the teams rank. All, all. Here's all 12 teams on the schedule, according to Lindy's, which, by the way, they have OU ranked 21 in their preseason rankings. They have Texas at hmm. 9. I think that's a little bit too high, but that's fine. Texas at 9. TCU at 16. And then we go Oklahoma State at 41, UCF at 55, KU at 57, BYU at 58, Iowa State at 62, Cincinnati at 65, SMU at 70, West Virginia at 77, Tulsa at 113, Arkansas State at 121. Uh, That is not a murderer's row schedule in any sense.
1: No. No. No, not not at all. I, you know they like UCF a little bit. Uh, I, I, you know I think Iowa State gets a little bit of disrespect in there. I think they'll be a little bit better than that. Not not really much, um, but yeah. And Tulsa and Arkansas State really close. Was that only eight spots apart? Eight, eight Kevin spots Wilson, away. the yeah. disrespect.
0: Well, he didn't have a punter, right? Did he finally get a punter? Is that why they're ranked so so low? Is that the beef yeah. there?
1: Yeah. Well, I think if I think him getting a punter. You know, might have shown a little bit of lack of confidence in his offense. So maybe they think the wheels are coming off. You know, for the Golden Hurricane already. Did you see? They already had their goalposts twisted by the storm. Oh my so, gosh! Yeah, so was it a light pole? Practice.
0: Was it a light pole that fell in the Reynolds Center? Is that is that what yeah. happened last week? A,
1: a light pole fell on the Reynolds Center, and, and Reynolds Center, and then the goalposts twisted and turned down have you seen that photo no I, I just saw the oh uh, the my light gosh photo. yeah this wow. one's even crazier because you wouldn't expect like you know goalposts don't have a lot of wind resistance like not you know you would it's not exactly a you know a sailboat if you will so I mean it it got taken out and just twisted it, it looked purely as like tornadic if you will it didn't look like just strong winds took that puppy out so
0: are you uh, ready to announce that the OU Tulsa game has been moved to Norman this year since there's not going to be well, I guess they could just play on one end of the field the entire time, or kick field goals on one end.
1: I think if I think if yeah, I, I think they just don't change at halftime. If you don't, if you just don't flip the field at halftime, then they might be fine with just playing one way because I think uh, I, I think the defense will be much better this year and might shut down old Kevin Wilson.
0: Yeah, well, um, that's another reason why I say I will not accept nine and three this year. Nine and three is not a preseason prediction that I say. Oh yeah. yeah. I'll take 9 and 3. I I'm not saying that Lindy's is dead on balls accurate with their predictions. They're probably far from it, but it's at least another instance to where you may only play two top 40 teams this year. E- yeah, you better at least be going 10 and 2 this year with with that yeah. schedule.
1: Yeah, and and that's the thing. It's, you know, with our uh, I think under Riley we kind of got used to this was you know, you would you would outscore them eventually, but you always left them in the game, right, because the defense was never good enough to truly shut the door on somebody. And this is this is just something, Tyler, you and I have been begging for. We begged for it all last year. Complimentary football. You got a bad schedule, those ten games against those quote-unquote bad teams, shut the door on them. I want Jackson Arnold to be playing every fourth quarter against those teams.
0: Yeah. Uh, to make you more nervous, though, about a ten-win season, I did place a hefty $79 wager uh, while I was out of town last week. I don't think I have a gambling problem. I know I don't have a gambling problem, Travis. But every time I cross state lines, I am very quick to research if DraftKings Sportsbook is available in that state or not. And I was in states last week that it was legal. So I did fire off a $79 bet, all the money I had in my account, on uh, OU hitting the over of 9.5.
1: Yeah, I've got uh, I've got some decent. I've still got a bunch of uh, winnings from our Nebraska trip um, that I got going through the state of Kansas. So I need to. I'll actually be going out to Vegas here next weekend. So um, I will be placing some wagers, perhaps even slightly more than seventy
0: nine dollars. Hmm, how about that? C J in Midwest City says we will go eleven and 405 If O U loses to any of those lower teams, Brent Venable should take a fifty percent pay cut. Boy, if coaches started taking pay cuts for losing to lower teams, um, Jimbo Fisher might not have a very nice ranch out there in College Station, now would he?
1: Well, Jimbo would have to – the buyout would go the other way. (laughs) He'd have to pay them. (laughs) (laughs)
0: 3-1-0, Tulsa had hurricane force wins last Saturday. Well, Travis just shared with me the goalpost that got bent out there at Chapman Stadium. Dude, that is, like, wild. I've never seen anything like that before.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, I think somewhere reported about 120 mile an hour winds. I mean, it was, it was pretty, pretty wild, but. You know, hopefully uh, things get turned around. If You know, for a lot of the people around here that still are out of power and, and out of, you know, gas is hard to find. So hopefully uh, we can provide you a nice little three hour distraction today on the ref.
0: I was uh, reading those rankings that Lindy's had. I had, or I didn't. They had KU at 57, and this text said, I think Kansas will be better than that. And I don't, I mean, if Jalen Daniels stays healthy, I, I yeah, I, I can definitely get there. Um, he, he may be the best or the biggest playmaker at quarterback in the conference. If Jalen Daniels is healthy, and we saw what he was capable of last year when he was healthy, KU might be a top 40 football team next year. Yeah, I, I, I can I, I can get there.
1: I can get on board with that. I, I mean, I think that it – I mean, you and I have spoke about it a little bit. I think it might be our toughest road game, which is crazy to say. I mean, just insane to say in the year of our Lord 2023 that Kansas might be our toughest road game but they showed flashes last year that they could get it done um obviously their coach has got it you know figured out I'm surprised to even stay to Kansas um and I'm I'm not real high on on BYU I'm not real high on a team like Oklahoma State so you start to kind of run out of Cincinnati I feel the same way about like you you kind of run out of you know, road games where you're like, oh, you know, that that might that be You're making up excuses close.
0: as to why they're going to be tough. Well, the weather in Provo, you know, could be bad. That could be a tough right. game. There's a lot of could-be's there.
1: Yeah, we've never played against Cincinnati, you know. It's early in the year. Like, yeah, you, you, you find a lot of reasons. But we play to, you know, at least by my count, we play seven of the eight lowest-ranked teams or worst-odds teams, if you will, in the Big 12 this year. Seven of the eight. So you win those seven games, you win your three non-conference in which you will be heavy favorites in, and boom, you're to ten wins immediately. So, I mean, it, it, it sets up. You just you have to make this layup. The season is a layup with the schedule. You have to make it.
0: Four oh five Big 12 officiating in the final season won't let OU win ten games. Yeah, that's always a uh, that's always a wild card there this year. That's
1: a sure. uh, that's an unstoppable force meets an immovable object type of argument right there. Uh,
0: one more before we hit a break. KW the nine one eight home playoff game. There would still be people yelling at me down in front. Sit down. Yeah, we did our <laughs> uh, we did our pet peeves at football games yesterday. And I don't even know how many responses we got. When you look at Twitter and Facebook and on the text line, it was insane. I feel like 95 of those responses, is, you know, people behind me telling me to sit down and shut up and, you know, not stay the entire time. So 95% yeah, I mean, of the fan base is on the same page. That's a, good, that's a good number to be on, I think.
1: Well, what's funny is 95% of the fan base that's on Twitter is on the same page. If we could get all 80,000 people to follow the ref's Twitter account – I think maybe we could affect some real change here. But all of the members of the KRF Army, they need they need to go ahead and, and, and make their presence known in the stadium. Say, hey, no, we talked about this on Twitter, guys. Sorry, we're standing up this year. We're standing up this year. Sorry. One guy got cooked because he was like – his pet peeve was like when they stand up and move around. And what he meant was when they stand up and, like, go to the bathroom over and over or always back and forth with the session, like just getting in your way. But people saw stand-up, and oh boy, oh, wow. OU Twitter came down on him. And he's like, no, 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 no. That's not what I meant. I stand-up the whole game. I'm like, man, you better, you got to be careful in these Twitter streets, what you say, man. You better be crystal clear.
0: Jeez, yeah, no kidding, man. You'll get you'll get cooked real quick. Uh, speaking of being cooked, Gunny just wants us to know that he's not high on the schedule, but he is high on something on this Friday afternoon. So, Gunny, hope, hope you're enjoying it out there. 405-651-3439, Chevrolet text line. We'll get to more college football coming up next, right here on The Ref. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. Your seventh national title from the home of Sooner fans, The Ref Sports Radio Network. It is The Rush on a Friday. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson. Sean on the text line says, I know I don't have a gambling problem, says everyone who has a gambling problem. Fair point. I, When you make a $79 wager like I did last week, maybe that is the sign of a problem. Couldn't even make it an even number, you know? Well, I mean... $79, really? huh?
1: Problems have different degrees, right? I mean... You know, I I think I think yours is under control. You know, the first you know step is admitting that you have one. You know, so maybe that's next. But no, I think I think you're well within. I I've, I've seen some you know guys, especially with all this you know sports betting stuff come out. Oh my goodness, I I can't imagine.
0: Uh, <laughs> at least I'm not like PFT commenter. If you don't know who that is, he works for uh, Barstool. <laughs> so the odds last night for Wimby to go number one overall was at -10,000. So this guy bet $14,500 at -10,000. So on a $14,500 bet, to his credit, he won it. But for a $14,000 bet, he won $145 for that bet. Buddy, that's living on the edge right there. <laughs>
1: I'll tell you what, man. I mean, it's uh, if somebody if, if you found $145 on the ground, you'd pick it up, wouldn't you?
0: Uh yeah, would it cost me potentially $14,000 to do so, though? Was there a chance I could lose it? Uh, there wasn't much of a chance. Wimby was going to go number one overall last night, and he did. Uh, we, uh, Teddy and I had a conversation yesterday about who's overrated in college football, excluding Texas. I'm trending towards Florida State. He went with USC. I, I don't know who you're going with, but who maybe comes to mind when we're talking about underrated this year in the sport? Because if we're talking about overrated, there's several, you know, different directions I could go. Texas, obviously, I feel like they're in that camp with how they're built up right now. Obviously, I said Florida State. I could agree with Teddy on USC, but does anyone necessarily come to mind when we talk about underrated going into this season?
1: Um, Well, I I would throw Miami pretty heavily as my overrated team, just as we're, you know, as we're talking about them. But. Underrated. Hmm. See, usually your underrateds. I, I think I would put Kansas State in that. Um, defending Big Twelve champion Kansas State. I guess if I need to use their full name, um, they've they've done a good job up there. Obviously, starting to actually turn the corner. What it sounds like a little bit in recruiting, surprisingly. Um, but underrated. You know, a lot of people used to say Oklahoma State, which was you know, pretty true until, you know, these last couple of years. I'll I'll give you one
0: while you think on it a little bit more. I just kind of threw that one on you. Um, This one's from the Pac-12. Now, they did the unthinkable last year, Travis. They beat the unbeatable in a bowl game last year. They beat the Texas Longhorns, and they did it pretty handily. I kind of like Washington going into this year. Yeah, I like that. Quarterback coming back, wide receiver, like playmakers are – are pretty set there. Uh, manageable, non-con. It takes them a while, like mid-October before they really play a tough team. And Oregon at home. I like. I, will I pick them to the playoff? I don't know if I'm going to go that far, but I don't know. I, I kind of like the makeup of Washington, and I really like Michael Penix Jr. at quarterback. That dude has a howitzer.
1: Right, right. And and I guess you could probably stay in conference and go with Utah. Uh, as not really a team that gets the respect it probably deserves. I mean, USC was the you know the shiny toy last year, and all Utah did was go 2-0 against them. Um, so, so I I think, and maybe Tyler, it just says something about. Being the Pac-12 after dark and nobody watching their games or anything like that, that teams like Utah and Washington can kind of fly under the radar because unless you are USC, unless you are Oregon, you're probably going to be a little bit uh, underrated.
0: Yeah, um, nine one eight Utah is underrated. So someone up there in the nine one eight agrees with you. Ohio Sooners says I don't hear a lot of people talking about Clemson. I think even with all the hype Florida State is getting, Clemson will win the conference, and I definitely. I definitely agree with that last sentence. I, I like Clemson to uh, to win the conference this year, to win the ACC. They get Florida State at home in September. If you want to say that a lot of people aren't talking about Clemson, and I definitely think that's true in terms of winning a championship, but a- as much as Clemson's been doubted the past ten years, this is probably the best instance of that. I think they got a chance to be pretty good if they can fix the offense, obviously.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it- – The offense, you know, is going to get a shot in the arm, obviously, um, with Garrett Riley on campus. But it's, you know, they're they're going to be good defensively. They're going to be good offensively. The ACC as a whole isn't that good, uh, especially with Miami and Florida State. It might be
0: the worst power five this year, potentially. I think that's where it could be at.
1: They've been basically waiting for Miami or Florida State to kind of take that mantle and challenge um, Clemson with it, and it just simply hasn't happened. I think it might be a little bit of Clemson fatigue over there in that league. I mean, I remember Oklahoma and Clemson were kind of, you know, extending their own streaks or competing for the longest streak of uh, consecutive conference championships. And Clemson, you could just kind of pencil that in like you could Oklahoma every year for the most part. But as long as Miami continues to underachieve, uh, as long as Florida State, we'll see. They're the kind of new sexy thing. Obviously, they uh, went on a nice little uh, close to their season last year. But until, until, you know – Somebody proves it otherwise for a consistent amount of time. It's Clemson's conference.
0: Yeah, um, that's that's kind of where I'm at right now, and I, I like Cade Klubnik. I know he you know played and kind of spot duty last year, um, but I, I, I kind of think he's I think he's going to have a really nice year. Just I think Clemson can run the ball or not.
1: I think he's going to have a nice year, but I also think it's it needs to be a little bit more than just oh well we got rid of DJU. Uh, now we've got, you know, Clubnick, now we're good. Like, now now we're just set. A&M kind of ran into that problem a little bit where they thought, hey, we get Connor in here, and all of a sudden our offense is just going to be lights out now. Well, it's it's not exactly that easy. You need more pieces to work together.
0: Uh, who's underrated in college football this year? Text line, let us know. 405 651 Interesting text from the 660. Now, we talk about this team every single day, but if you were to look at it nationally – if you were to ever take a year, like Clemson, like this year, the past ten years, yeah, this would probably be your best example of, oh, yeah, maybe they're getting you know overlooked a little bit. That's definitely the case for OU, man. I mean, they're not even in some people's top twenty fives to start the year. So, could OU qualify as an underrated football team this year? I'd, I'd say, I'd say absolutely, especially when there's a lot of people not picking them in their top twenty five to start the year. And their over-under win total is still nine and a half.
1: Yeah, sh- yeah. show me another team that, you know, has a nine and a half uh, win total. That's in a Power 5 conference that's outside of the top 25. So, you know, I, I mean, we earned it. I know a lot of people just look at the schedule and see, oh, Brent Venables six and seven. You know, he's got to prove it as a head coach. But we've, we've spoke about it ad nauseum on, on these airwaves here is, look, five of those games were one-score games. We missed a field goal in every one of those games. You know, the defense was ranked 122nd. Like, just you can put so many things down that are historical facts. Brent Venable's defense has always improved. They jumped from, I think, 81st to, what, 46th in his first to second year. Um, Well, it was 81st when he took over. Um it was in two thousand eleven. So two thousand twelve he got it up to forty sixth. And then in two thousand thirteen it was at like twenty fourth and then it jumped all the way up to a top five unit. Like you've seen Brent Venables do this with some of the guys that he's actually got on staff at Oklahoma. As far as the offense is concerned, you you've got yeah, you lose Eric Gray, but we might have the best running back duo in the conference right now. And here in a couple of years, we could have the best running back room in the entire country. So it's, it's interesting because you can put it all down on paper and and reason with yourself as to why is the 6-7 and seven team that has the same head coach, same quarterback, same defensive coordinator, you know, same all that, why are they now a 6-7 team a nine and 9.5 win total? Well, it's because the, Vegas knows what they're doing in large part.
0: Yeah. Uh, By the way, text line's going crazy over a Skip with another looky here tweet. So, I think most are hoping that's uh, Taylor Tatum. Like, oh, is Tatum about to commit? Is that what's going on here?
1: Well, I mean, the the baseball team obviously has been very busy uh, with their own recruiting and obviously with a lot of pitching additions. I believe, to my count, we've had four pitching additions that I know of. Obviously, Austin Henry uh, from Wichita State. Uh, joins Jace Minor, also from Wichita State. Um, you know, Austin Henry throws that 92, 93-mile-an-hour fastball. It was a perfect game, All-American. Um, they obviously add the twin right-hand pitchers in Malachi and Kyson Witherspoon today. That was this morning that that came out. Um, both of them throw in the low to mid-90s. Um, they came from Northwest Florida State College. And then we're, we're both, you know, we're kind of expecting LSU's Jason Bowman and Texas, Texas Tech's Brendan Girton uh, to join the Sooners eventually. So, um, you know, they're doing a lot of good things on the recruiting trail and, you know, talking to some baseball people, they fully expect to – in the next two years at least be hosting a Super Regional at some point. Um, They're really excited about their squad.
0: All right. Now, apparently we have a new formula to calculate ratings, right? We've got the FPI. We've got everything else in college football right now. Apparently 24-7 has a coach rating index. Apparently they have a formula to come up with the best coaches in college football and not necessarily just the top ten best head coaches – all position coaches, head coaches in the sport. Uh, yeah, it's a fascinating list. We'll tell you what it, it looks like. Is it a big game boomer? No, well, I mean, pretty pretty close, honestly. <laughs> Probably pretty close. We'll tell you what it looks like coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref. This is the ref Sports Radio Network. Rush on a Friday. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, Meyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Braddon Bartlesville says... What is your opinion of LSU having wins taken away? I don't know how you feel about this, but I think it's one of the more, we do a lot of odd things in the sport, you know? But I think taking wins away 10, 15 years after the fact for punishment is one of the stranger things that we do in the sports. Um, It doesn't take away the memory of what actually happened, right? You're just taking these wins 15 years after the fact away from the record book I just, it it seems very odd for me. Like, if you want to punish someone for violations, obviously that's fine. But to take wins away from games that everyone remembers and we obviously know the end results of those is just, I I don't know. It's like the strangest punishment, I guess, you could ever think of to hand out to a college football program.
1: Yeah, I agree. In, uh, you know, most cases, this one does, you know, affect Les Miles at least. He's no longer eligible for the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, after the school had to vacate the Are people, ha- are people happy
0: about that, or do they not care, or what's what's the vibe around that? Um, I,
1: I'm not – you know who seems to care the, mo- the most about it, Tyler, are Texas A&M fans because they seem to think because they beat Bama that year and lost to LSU, but then now LSU's win doesn't count that but- – that a And somehow now wins the West. Oh my gosh! Um, because they have the head to head yeah, over A&M, Alabama. Yeah, go put it.
0: Go put something <laughs> up on your wall over there. Go claim the SEC West. I mean, well, I'm, I'll make fun of you for it. We all will, but yes, that's obviously what you want to do. Just go do it.
1: And I, and I think it's important for some people. And I do, you know, largely think it's silly. But I think it's people. It it's important for people to understand when a win is vacated. The win then doesn't get credited to the loser. It in the NCAA the record books reflect it as a loss and a forfeiture. So the, so in the record books LSU will have under it forfeiture and the losing team. I don't know. Let's pick a an anonymous loser here. A and M um, will still have you know loss next to their name, so they don't just automatically get the win for something that they didn't accomplish. And oh by the way, Bama was seven and one. In the West that year, L- uh, A&M with that vacay would be 6-1, and one, so Bama would still win. So in case there's any rogue Aggies that happen to be uh, turning the dial, just know that that's been nipped in the bud as well.
0: Sam and Evans says, I'm pretty sure vacating wins was self-imposed by LSU and not part of the original punishment, but I could be wrong. Yeah, maybe so, Sam. Um, but the NCAA has imposed that before, and it's just, I, I don't know. I, just, I think it's very, very strange when that happens.
1: No, it was uh, – this one was in addition to that because they tried – you know, that's usually how it goes, right, is, oh, we'll, we'll go ahead and slap ourselves on the wrist. It's fine. See, look, my wrist is a little red. That's because I slapped it. Please don't do anything to me. And then afterwards they're like, uh, no, we got we, we, we to do some more too. The self-imposed bans are the funniest ones to me.
0: Uh, well, one of my favorite tweets that, that happen now is, like, if someone is expecting penalties, like, oh, my gosh, did you see what LSU did? the NCAA is going to throw the book at Oklahoma State for everything that LSU did.
1: <laughs> oh, that's good. good. Yeah, that's always good stuff because, uh, yeah, it seems to always happen if Bill Self ever, uh, you know, steps out of line. I'm surprised uh, some of the hugging stuff didn't uh End up costing OSU some, uh, some eligibility or some scholarships, maybe.
0: Okay, here's the coach rating index. 24-7 sports has figured out a way to rank college football's 10 best coaches, whether as- uh, assistants or head coaches. So you have to have coached three-plus years, and basically they, they, they did a formula to where, you know, obviously not everyone is on equal footing in terms of talent. So, they evaluate, like, just the current level of talent that you're working with. And here's what they spit out. At number 10 is Brian Hartline, Ohio State's wide receivers coach. He's the 10th overall best head coach in the game. He's good. I, I don't know if he's 10, but Brian Hartline is tenth, obviously 10th overall good. coach. Okay, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, he's great.
0: Phil Parker, Iowa State's defensive coordinator, is at number 9. Okay. Uh, Mike Norvell. Florida State's offensive coordinator. So, Mike Norvell isn't voted as eight for his head coaching prowess. It's for his offensive coordinator abilities. He's ranked at number eight. Wow, this huh, this okay.
1: this uh, establishes some interesting precedent for another coach that well, might be a better OC we, than head we coach. We will so get let's to that momentarily,
0: yes. <laughs> Del McGee is at number seven. That's Georgia's running backs coach. Lavar Woods is at number 6. That's Iowa Special Teams coordinator. Jeez. I was loading up on top 10 coaches, just not at head coach or offensive coordinator, yeah, right? Yeah, bummer. Promote those two guys is what it sounds like to me. <laughs> at number 5 is Bobby April the 3rd, Stanford's outside linebacker's coach. I I mean, okay. Uh, all right. Sure. sure. Uh Lemanski Hall is at 4, Clemson's defensive ends coach. At number 3, here it is, Lincoln Riley, USC offensive coordinator, not USC head coach. They're saying his offensive <laughs> coordinator abilities, he's the third best coach in the game.
1: Yeah. I, you know what? I'm glad they stayed consistent. I'm glad, I'm glad they stayed honest. And that's what Josh Pate had something to say about, you know, is Lincoln Riley overrated and this, that, and the other. I think everybody, at least in Oklahoma, you know, personal opinions aside, I think their opinion of him just as a, specifically as a coach, is yeah, offensive genius. But has yet to, as smart as he is with offense, he has yet to figure out that it actually takes a a passable defense to win a national championship.
0: Yeah, and, and I'd say that he even has flaws as an offensive mind, which I guess every OC does to some extent, right? But um, homeboy will right. sure um, he'll sure abandon the run game in a tight spot, you know? Yeah, I, I, think I, I that, don't think and that's, that's a great part, thing about an OC.
1: And I think I think. That's why I kind of believe that with Jimmy G's, you know, drama in Vegas, I think the Las Vegas Raiders are going to tank. They're going to tank hard uh, with some other really good teams uh, potentially in that division. And I think you stay on the West Coast. You get to go coach Caleb, who's going to be the number one pick. I think you coach in Allegiant Stadium. You touched on that. It's a beautiful place. I think Lincoln is gone and never coaches a down in the Big Ten because you know where you can't abandon the run, Tyler, and where you have to play defense? The desert.
0: Oh, the NFL. That's what you mean.
1: Or the Big Ten. You know, got to be able to run the ball in the Big Ten you going to be playing those cold-weather games? I don't, I it don't t- 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 see him. And 10 in the
0: NFL, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's definitely the case. Number two is Mike Tressel, Wisconsin's linebackers coach. Um, all right, hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll take their word for it. Number one is Nick Saban, Alabama head coach. Not Alabama offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. Nick Saban is still the uh, number one graded coach. Which, that's weird it, that Kirby Smart wasn't if Nick Saban's in the top ten.
1: Yeah, do you know – well, what's interesting is – You know, you you led this by saying that they take talent into account and, you know, obviously that's going to maybe level some things. But who's in charge of getting the talent to these teams, right? Isn't it the coaches? So, like, surely that would at least give – I mean, I don't think – I mean, Nick Saban obviously a heck of a coach. I'm not sure he would win the national championship next year if he was coaching at UTSA. You know, or if he was, you know, coaching at Toledo, but it's—I don't know. I, I think it's interesting. Is he the only head coach? He's the only head coach that made it on the list as a as a head coach, right? Because uh, Norvell ye- and Riley both made it as offensive coordinator. Yeah,
0: correct. Yes, he's the only one. And he was at number well, one, obviously on the list. It's interesting.
1: That is that is very interesting. D- did you uh, did you happen to um, find where the highest rated Oklahoma coach was?
0: No, they only did the top 10. And oh, we, we can 10. ask the text line for that. I mean, If text line were to rank like who you think just the best football coach is on the staff, like who who would you say? Uh, you can come right. up with your own formula. I'd I just be interested to see what the text line um, says to that. Uh, my guess is that there are several answers across the board. My answer would be Brent Venables. Uh, Brent Venables has a defensive mind, for sure, uh, would push that one over the top for me, but uh 405-651-3439 is the, uh, is the text line. Y- you would hope, I-, I think in most circumstances, you would hope that the best football coach that you have on your staff is the head coach. At least that's the way yeah. I would want it.
1: Yeah, one would hope. I mean, obviously that list would suggest that many do not. The only one that I probably agree with is I think Brian Hartline is better at his job than Ryan Day is. Um, and Maybe. I think that's yeah. what they want to make sure and keep him uh, around because I think he'll be the next head coach there. But, yeah, you would hope so. Obviously, OU's got, you know, a, a lot of good options there. I hope that – and I wonder, honestly, Tyler, if this last season wouldn't have happened. Like if this, if this list would have come out last year and they had this formula put together, I mean – Brent Venables would have been a lock for the top five, yeah, right? Yeah,
0: and, and that's what Zane's saying uh, on the text line. Would BV be on that list two years ago? If so, did he forget everything he knew? Which, yeah, great point. But, yes, Brent Venables would absolutely be on that list two years ago. And he may be at, like, number two or number three on that list.
1: Right. You'd be looking at a guy that, you know, in what probably I'm, – I'm not going to count 2012 because he had none of his guys there – you know this was you know kind of pre-portal era, um, but 2012, 2013. You know I'm, I'm counting 2014 is when he like okay this is when this is when I've got my guys. So in the eight seasons, 2014 season to 2021 season, he had a top five defense, what five times maybe, a top three defense five times, something like that. I mean it was the absolute standard of defense was. Brent Venables, Clemson defense, when it was at its peak. So, yeah, he—I think he would be top three on that list, probably.
0: Yeah, I think so too. All right, we—we got, we got some text rolling in on the matter. We'll get to those and a whole lot more coming up next. Keep it locked on the Ref. We are the homeless of Sooner fans. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Fowler Auto Group is proud. Cavens Group, we're going to this hour of the rush. Storm damage, emergency repairs. Cavens Group, they got you covered. CavensGroup.com or give them a call. 405-573-3048. That's 405-573-3048. Here's an interesting question on the text line. Theoretical question, says the 405. If Nick Saban took the OU or Texas job today, does he win a natty in the next three to four years? I say yes to that, Travis, and here's why. At Alabama, like he took over an Alabama program that now, obviously, is, is awesome. But when he took over that Bama program, man, it was not in good shape. It, it was in very rough shape uh, for what Mike Shula had kind of left him. He won a national championship at Alabama in year three. Heck, in year two, he was undefeated playing in an SEC championship game against Tim Tebow in Florida. But year three, he won a national championship. And then year four he won one at LSU. So in his last two stops in college football, Alabama, LSU, which I know you look at him now, and that's two top ten jobs, but neither program was in a good situation when he took over, and he won a title at both of those places in less than five years. So with Oklahoma and Texas, I'd be definitely OU. I I would say that Saban would win a title in three to four years here. Yeah, I would agree with that, and –
1: You know, you bring up LSU, you know, you bring up Alabama, and and they, of course, were were down when he took them over. Um, Alabama obviously has a lot more history than LSU, but with LSU being in in Louisiana, you know you're always going to have talent. That's why two absolute buffoons have won national titles there. Um, But with those programs, you feel that, They've got good bones. You know what I mean? Like if, if yeah, you were to sure. look at a house and you were looking to like flip it or something, you're like, man, this house has really good bones. But I, it just needs a bit of a facelift. Uh, it needs a bit more TLC. It needs some investment maybe. Um, that's what That's what those programs are. And I think Oklahoma currently would be in a better spot than what either of those programs were when he took them over. And I know this is six and seven. I know we're coming off that. But – the talent on the roster, especially after the last class got here, is good talent. Uh, you know, it's top, top ten, top twelve talent in the entire country, which LSU and Alabama did not have whenever he arrived, for the most part. And yeah, I think here's a, here's another thing: Do we get to keep that turnip seed when Nick Saban shows up? Because if so, then I'm definitely saying
0: yes. Yeah. Uh, let's see, by the way, Chris Rich says BV, then B-Hall on the two best coaches on staff. That's the Big 12 Recruiter of the Year, Brennan Hall, that he put at uh, number two on the list.
1: Interesting, interesting. Who Who would you, if you had to pick two coaches to, you know, and we've already discussed BV, two coaches other than Brent Venables that you would pick to put in that, you know, in that best coach at their position?
0: You know, for some reason, I feel like this might be unpopular. Um, most would probably go Brandon Hall to there, or maybe Bill Beatenbow there, or maybe I. I, I think you can make a hell of a case for Demarco Murray right now. You know, for what he's doing recruiting wise, and even what you got out of Eric Gray last year, and your two freshmen when you saw him. I I might go. I might be tempted to say Demarco, and for I, and I just don't think that'd be that popular of an answer for whatever reason.
1: Hey, after uh, these next uh, 10 days or so, DeMarco might be a lot more people's answers. So, so. Uh, yeah, DeMarco and Bill B is who I would go with.
0: Two uh, vacancies in the 2024 non conference schedule. Who's OU going to schedule? I don't know. But we'll let you pick them coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.
1: You're listening to the whole-